So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of view. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast where... Ben. And Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on tggeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 137 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Ray's out of town again this week, so I am joined by two wonderful co-hosts, Katie from Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. Hello. Hi. And Rob, our former co-host of the Comic Box Hey Rob, we miss you, Rob. That is that's not what the intro says, Joe. <laughs> no, it's not what the intro says. I go off road all the time. I edited your intro, Joe. You <laughs> stick to the script. Well, I stopped reading it because you put happy before my name and I was afraid of what else I was gonna read. <laughs> <laughs> it's half a Joe Hogan. <laughs> uh, and cur- current podcaster at large, Rob. Yes, I also edited to put myself as current podcaster at large because I have no <laughs> podcast. Uh, so um, usually when we have people who haven't been on the show for a while, we just catch up with them and see what they've been up to since we've last spoken with them. Uh, Katie, you have uh we we first did the full inter with interview with you on episode 91 and then we talked i think fan fiction on episode 98 and rob you you've done a lot of episodes <laughs> i think the last one was our uh ant-man preview show at 122 uh, but we met you all the way back in 42 so if people want to go back and look up those original interviews um you are more than welcome to do so so but long you, ago, we were 
We we were recording on pine cones. It was like some horrible. <laughs> pine cones for, uh, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Uh, so what have you guys been up to? You you might need to be specific. I'm gonna be nice. I think I think the best way <laughs> of doing this is for Joe to say it say it be spe- I don't want to talk over Katie. All right. So why don't we let why don't we let ladies ladies go first? There Katie, <laughs> am I to say what I went up to? This is not. I don't understand. <laughs> what, what 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 have you been up to since we've any any big life changes podcast changes things that people would like to know about um well chelsea and i hit our 100th episode and to celebrate that after we cheated our way to 100 because i have an inability to count properly um <laughs> i took a giant vacation and went to europe and to see chelsea well mm-hmm. i i went on vacation for myself and i went to go see chelsea because she lives in ireland because yeah. i don't think she lived in ireland the last time i was on this show so. She had just moved. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, she's yeah, had she more just life. moved. She's had more life changes than I have. So um she moved to Ireland after she got like when she got married and I went to go visit her for our 100th episode. Uh was I full-time at my job when I was on the show? It feels like a billion years ago. I I think you were. I think you were. Well, I still have the same job, so that's good yeah um i i think that's it for big life things probably i don't know the podcast is still around and still doing well so that's a good thing right that's definitely a good thing how about you rob well my podcast isn't around anymore so now (laughs) i just feel you know like i don't measure up um well yeah obviously it's been a really long time I think since people out there have heard my voice in that way, the woolly mammoths died out. That was sad. That was a sad mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I had to change Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, no, it's been uh, this past. I'm trying to remember when 122 is. If you're on 137 now, but um, this past year has been the year of Harry Potter. I also did a lot of traveling. We went to uh, Orlando in February. And went to the Harry Potter theme park down there and visited friends. And then we also went to London this year. We did a London and Iceland trip and went to the studio tour in London. And the new, you know, Harry Potter related film, right? Fantastic Beasts 2 came out. Um, I officially became a, a director, a board member, a director of the board, whatever you want to call it, for the costuming nonprofit. Uh, that I am a part of through my Harry Potter costuming group. As far as podcasty things, there was an attempt, <laughs> um, <laughs> but scheduling. This is the closest that we've gotten to to that geekery podcast we wanted to do, um, just because of scheduling stuff. And then yeah. I've been doing these random live Twitter things, sort of when I feel like it, where I review a root beer and then talk about something comic book related. Usually, it's been. I think episodes of um, the Titan show on the DC universe app. Oh, that's cool. So there's, I'm doing things. I exist um, as far as the, the audience out there goes, but yeah, lots of, lots of traveling for me. I'm actually, I'm leaving in less than a week to leave again and run away. Yeah. It was kind of funny because I was just doing our, our general 
chatting with Ray and um, he, uh, he said uh, that it was going to take him a month to get Wi-Fi in his new place. And I was like, well, that seems wrong. Like how, how, how does the company do that? Just so sorry, you're going to have to be without Wi-Fi for a month. And he goes, Oh, well it's, you know, I'm going out of town for two weeks. And I'm like, Ray, when are you, when are you going out of town? Because <laughs> cause we kind of need to record. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, I should tell you that. I'm going out of town for two weeks. <laughs> and so I contact Katie. Katie's like, yes. I contact Rob. He goes, well, I'm actually going out of town. <laughs> so I'm like, Sunday. We will do it Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully between now and when this airs, you know, the world won't have exploded. There will have been no giant shaking revelations in the Harry Potter world or whatever. Right. Right. So yeah, we'll go up, it'll go up on Thursday. So we're recording this. Why did I think that this was later in the month? No, no, this is just, this is for Thursday. (laughs) It's currently Sunday morning, really, really early Sunday morning. So that's why we're a little discombobulated. And and that's on me. And I thank everybody. (laughs) I, I joined a, a group of friends, started playing Gloomhaven. Um, which is the giant board game that has like 50 or 60 different scenarios you play through, and each scenario can take a couple of hours. Oh, wow. So so it's a game that will last literally forever. Um, And uh, we had to replay the first one a couple of times because we kept losing or not finishing. And uh, and so, yeah, I have that going on today at noon, and I'm two hours ahead of these other two. So I'm very thankful to you guys for going as early as you guys are. Cause you guys are up really early on a weekend and that's not right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's okay. It's about, it's about the same time I usually get up, but just haven't woken up yet. All right. Um, we're going to do our weekly geekery of which I'm going to go first just cause I have very little because <laughs> we recorded our last show on Thursday. And I think literally I've played an hour of wow. And that's about it. Um, we did have, however, last night a, a game night. Uh, two of our friends came over, and we. I, I, I've. I'll say it here again. I, I'm not a board game fan. I, I don't like competition among friends. It stresses me out. But um, for, we didn't do Christmas this year. We did um, the seven days or the twelve days of solstice. So hmm. my husband and I gave each other uh, a gift for twelve days between the twenty first and the first. And I feel uh, like that'd be really hard to do, like to come up with 12 good. Is it very like, are they all kind of small gifts type things? Or is it like, how how do you go about figuring out 12 things to buy somebody that they can't or haven't just gone out and bought themselves? Well, we put a, we put a moratorium on spending. uh, It's starting in October. So like you can't, you can't go out and buy stuff for yourself in October, like fun stuff that you just, you know, whim stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can send it to the other person and say, I want this. Um, so that helps. <laughs> but I am not one who likes buying things that people tell me to buy for them. So um, it, it works out okay because we kind of set ourselves like a $200 limit for the whole thing, which turns out to be roughly about $20 a, a gift. And so, you know, I got him a couple of bigger gifts. So then he got like candy, you know, for a couple of the gifts. Um, you just kind of, you kind of play with what you're giving the other person just so that, um, it's, you know, it's, it's more about the thought and the fun and, oh, hey, I knew, I knew you liked this thing, so I'm going to give it for you. Um, but it worked out. And, and one of the things I got him was this national parks game, which 
I, I know he's a huge fan of the outdoors and hiking, and he, he really wants to go to all of the national parks. And we sat down, and it's one of those games that it's like, all right, you could do this, but you can also do that, but you can also do this. And I'm like, this is a really complex game. I'm really concerned we're not going to. We're not going to figure this out, but we, we did. We figured it out, and it ended up being really good. I won, which I was very excited about, and I had started with a strategy that I was like, there's no way this is going to work out for me, and people just then started kind of side-eyeing what I was doing. Like, you you go to – you'd move around the board, and when you land in a national park, you have to have the cards appropriate – like, they have little symbols on them to claim that national park, and – I just sat on one of the national parks for a really long time, queuing cards, and nobody remembered I was there. And so then, when because uh, there's only like three up at a time, and so you know, I would just like steal all the national parks, and they'd have like big point values. So it was a lot of fun. It was just kind of craziness for several hours. So do you become like a park ranger when you win? Only in your head. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so those are the those are the two things. A little bit of WoW and uh, a National Parks board game, which I highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Katie, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, well, I started watching the Netflix Netflix original series You, and I think I talked about this a little bit in the Weekly Geekery on Slack. Uh, it's a great show. It's very creepy. Makes you want to put your social media on private and not talk to anybody <laughs> ever. Um, it's really good though. It's the show's done by Sarah Gamble, who I know from being a writer on Supernatural, and Greg Berlanti, who's done all the DC TV shows, and he did most recently the movie Love Simon. So he's great. Um, and then I did, I went and saw the movie. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots with Margaret Robbie. Mm -hmm. How was it? It was pretty good, actually. Um, I feel really bad for Mary Queen of Scots. Like, she got the short end of the stick, like, real bad. And it also makes you understand why Elizabeth, the queen at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, she didn't get married. Because the moment you get married, like, someone's always trying to steal your crown and your power and your throne. And I'm just like, I get it. It made a lot of sense why. Because Mary Queen, like, Mary got screwed over real bad lots of times. So, it was pretty good, though. Um, I hung out with some of my friends yesterday because we hadn't met up to do our gift exchange. So, while we were waiting for that, my sister and I had gone to an anime convention randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, which was always interesting to go to because I've, I've never really like, I'm not super into anime, but my sister is. Uh, and I've only been to like one anime convention, which was like Anime Expo, which is the biggest one that's in LA. But this smaller one was going on this weekend in Ontario, California. And it was pretty good. Pretty small. Lots of people there, though. I feel like. I would like I've been to general geek conventions that have like, you know, there's maybe something related to anime going on in the midst of everything else. And it's just all of the costumes I don't know, mm-hmm. like video game mm-hmm. and anime costumes. And then for me, there's also some of the the creep factor of the character pillows. And I'm not sure what 
Yeah. With those. So is there like what's the what's the the coolest thing? And then just for my and I and I don't say this as in people who like anime are automatically, you know, in creepy things. Like I don't mean that at all. I've I've heard awesome things. I don't think there's anything that I've necessarily really gotten into. Um, but it's just a form of animation. But like, what's the coolest or weirdest thing at an anime convention? Um, well, like the coolest thing is, uh, they're like some of the people like work really hard on their cosplays. So those are usually pretty incredible to see, even though I'm like, I have no idea who you are, but mm-hmm. you, you look amazing. And the, the weirdest thing, and this is not to be like, like, I don't, I don't mean it in any weird way, like to anyone or like to be rude or whatever, but there's always an adult section at anime conventions where it's like covered in curtains like you have to be a certain age to go in there and it's like anime porn which is weird um to me it's weird i mean to other people it may not be but it's like it's called hentai which is like it's a little odd i would totally Um, have the curtains drawn but just like a one long tentacle like You know, just across the floor, <laughs> sticking out from the bottom of the curtain. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> I walked by it, and I was like, oh, hey, look. I was like, it's the adult section. And I was like, we're not going in there. <laughs> uh, Ray sent me a, a video the other day of um, somebody opening their their Christmas <clears throat> gifts. and. Mm-hmm. And it says when your family doesn't understand what anime is, and she she looks at this, um, th- I guess they were pajamas, but they were like all anime faces from hentai films. So oh, no. it was like they were all making the O face basically, <laughs> and she, and she kind of looks up and she goes, "You do realize you just got me porn for Christmas, right? Like this is hentai." <laughs> oh my god, that's really funny. I was um, in Japan once for two whole days and we went to a shopping mall and it's surprising how just over like it's not doesn't seem that big of a deal. Like they there's all these different figures from these different anime series that they'll have on the shelves and some of them are just overtly sexual and it's just they're right up there next to the other little figure statue things. And yeah. it's that idea of like so I don't know. I guess that idea, maybe, maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's like a healthy sex positive thing that you're willing Mm -hmm. to buy sexual statues and like have them on displays somewhere in your home. But I don't know because they also usually look very young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a little, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's a thing. thing. But, um, Outside of that, like, uh, hilariously, all of our, my friends, like, we all gave each other Harry Potter-related gifts, which was really funny. Um, when we were exchanging gifts, I was like, oh, Harry Potter. And then she's like, oh, I got Harry Potter, too. And we're like, uh, well, this is why we're friends. So, <laughs> yeah, I got the illustrated uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets book cool. and some socks and... Uh, a little miniature like Harry Potter Lego set that I get to put together and put on my desk at work. So I'm like really excited about it. But, That's awesome. And then I bought a book and it's called two can keep a secret. If one is dead by Karen McManus, which is like her second book. 
um, Chelsea and I recorded a podcast about her first book, which is One of Us is Lying. So if anybody wants to listen to that, they can. That's awesome. Although considering you guys are such good friends and it's like two can keep a secret if one is dead, I was like, oh, I'm concerned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Research. <laughs> How about you, Rob? What have you been up to? What's your weekly geekery been like? Uh Actually, pretty full. I put a, a larger list on here. I don't actually remember how much of this is exactly this past week. First, I'm going to start by saying that Harry Potter gifts are always great. I'm wearing one from last Christmas. I'm wearing my Ravenclaw uh, bathrobe right now because it is nice. chilly in the cupboard under the stairs where I record. <laughs> uh, it's very appropriate. Uh, so I'm just going to roll down the list as I wrote it. This isn't in any particular order. Uh, I finally saw Aquaman this week, and it was bad. Um, the, I think the casting was pretty good, though I'm still not convinced that Jason Momoa is actually a good actor. Like between the movie and his his SNL um, hosting, I'm just it's like where you can tell that on like on SNL, for example, you could tell that the writing was decent. Maybe mm-hmm. he just doesn't have that comedic timing when he's himself. I think Jason Momoa is fantastic, and I think if Aquaman was written a bit more like him. And there was that tinge of, I'm not really taking any of this seriously. I think maybe it would have been better. But the dialogue was super clunky. I think the writing of Aquaman was bad. I think the plot, the plotting, like the the, the story they decided to tell was odd. Um, they tried stuffing multiple villains into a movie again, which you shouldn't do. Um, and then um, I hated the cinematography. You could not tell what was going on in the fight scenes. And I know that was supposed to be the point because like you're underwater and there is no up and down and it's it's crazy. But at the same time, I don't know. It's all like really brightly colorful. It's the opposite of Justice League where everything is or or, or Suicide Squad where everything is gray and it's mm-hmm. just a gray mess of CG. This was a brightly colored mess of CG. Um yeah, I love the costumes, though. Like, there are things that I did enjoy. Like, I love that they leaned in on the costumes. I wish they had mm-hmm. gone with the, like, 90s Peter David run Aquaman who had the beard and the long hair. I feel like that would have made more sense than the classic Aquaman costume. But I get why they did it. Um, it's just now when it, you see, like, the toys, I think they all look really weird. Because it's the classic Aquaman costume, but with, like, a brown beard and long hair instead of short blonde hair. Yeah. It's, it's odd. Uh, I saw the first Fast and the Furious movie last night. It's terrible. <laughs> but it was on Netflix. And I was like, you know, there's like 10 of these. I have friends who are like, I know this is bad, but I love watching it the same way that like you can enjoy the Expendables or, you know, uh, just big dumb action movies that you know are just big dumb action movies. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's okay. You love them for what they are. Uh, but I just... Yeah, it was not a good movie. I heard um, they get better around four or five. I heard the first one is by far the best. And then somewhere in like, yeah, like five or six or something, there was a good one. Anyway, don't think I'm going to continue with these movies. <laughs> um, but it was entertaining. And again, it's that whole thing of like they're in public doing drag racing, but nobody's going to catch them. And you're like, oh, because there aren't cameras everywhere yet. Like the closed captioning system. I don't know. It was was it it wasn't for me but it doesn't matter it spawned a whole bunch of things and like universal has a fast and furious like car shop and there's a ride they're building in florida and all that jazz so uh who who am i to say i guess um i had a what we called mary new friends miss 
with friends the other night, uh, sort of like people do a Friendsgiving. Uh, this year, we didn't end up doing a Friendsgiving. We had a Merry New Friends Miss, and we played that Jackbox game. Oh, I love That's that. That's the new version of You Don't Know Jack, except it's you have one person use a laptop or something uh, that has the actual game on it, and then they did it using Apple TV, and then everybody uses their cell phone, <laughs> and you just use your web browser. You don't need to download anything, and that's your sort of game controller. And mm-hmm. um, we did two different games. The one we did the most is where you get asked a question, and you have to come up with the funniest answer you can, and then everybody votes between the two answers for for points. Um, and that was really good. And, and I won the wife and I were a team at one point and I think we won together. Um, but that's entertaining. And I guess that's a big thing for streamers. So Mm -hmm. that really has me interested because I guess, you know, you just, you put out the thing and, and there might only be X number of players in the game, but there's also an audience aspect where the audience can vote as a whole. And however the audience votes one way or the other, serves as that one vote. So I think it it counts the same as like one player vote. And I love that idea because we've been talking on the network about, you know, if, if we sneak into some of our streamers um, shows or something like that, and I'd be like, that would be great to like get as many people on the podcast, like playing one of those games and then letting everybody else be the audience. I like that. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That would be very fun. Um, at that event, I finally got loaned the Adventure Zone comic book, Here There Be Gerblins. Nice. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm already about halfway through. Like, I got home and just kind of dove into it. And it's entertaining. And I haven't ever re-listened to the show, but I'm enjoying hearing, like, bits and pieces. Um, uh, that, you know, ring a bell type of thing from so long ago when I first started listening to the podcast. So um, it is worth it if you've uh, if you've listened to it. It's not just like, okay, I know what this is it. No, so remember, I think it's I think it's entertaining. Sometimes I have trouble trying to keep the character voices in my head. Like I'm because I just read through the comic and when I read everybody just kind of sounds like me. Like I don't give mm-hmm. characters voices when I read a comic book uh in my own head. And I'm like, oh no, but Taco sounds like this. <laughs> so trying to trying to keep that straight. But no, uh so far I'm I'm enjoying it. And That's it's cool. interesting how they still keep Griffin involved. Like he pops up in the corner. And talks to the characters every once in a while. Oh, that's neat. So it's okay, yeah, it's an I interesting. It. Yeah, I, I suggest it. I'm probably going to go pick it up for myself at some point. Um, I also read the Spider Verse comic book and I finally finished it. I tried to read it before I went to see the movie. I got through the main story, uh, but using the the Hoopla app, which is how you can get like ebooks and digital comics from your local library, I downloaded the whole like big spider verse event. So I still had some of the, the tie-ins to read through and I finished that and that's entertaining. That was really good. Uh, I got back into Pokemon go because that's the cool. wife informed me that you can actually now duel and trade and there's a ton of stuff out there. So it's not me like logging in and being like, Oh, there's a rat and a Pidgey again. <laughs> cool, mm-hmm. What a fun game. And like, to walk off eggs, you had to keep your phone on and your screen on in the game. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I was using an iPhone 5 forever. <laughs> I don't have the battery for this. So now it'll actually sort of generally keep track of your steps. And you can, I don't even know if you need to have the app open. But when you log in again, they're like, oh, you've walked three kilometers. Here's the credit for that. And so they basically got rid of all the things I didn't like and added in the things I did want. So... Um, 
I tried the the Ghostbuster version of Pokemon Go and I bounced off it pretty hard after uh, like two weeks. So back into Pokemon Go. Um, I should speed up because I'm taking forever here. Uh, the, I'm still using the DC Universe app. I finished watching the first season of Titans, which is okay. Um, how do I say this? I guess bluntly, I might be recording a podcast with Fletch about that at some point in the near future. Uh, I also started watching Young Justice. Um, there is a new Young Justice comic book that just came out. Both of those are pretty good. I don't have them as amazing. I'm not falling out of my seat at how great they are. Uh, and then the, the last two things, like I said, I joined the board for my uh, costuming nonprofit, Costumers for a Cause. We had our first board meeting and talked about all the fun things we're going to do this year. And I'm saying that because I want to plug that at the end of the show. And then um, I've been recording music a little bit. Uh, I have a friend who has a fear of singing in public, but uh, she and her husband hosted like a, a Christmas party and uh, I tuned their piano, which is something I'd never done before, but I bought a set of tuning things and I tuned their piano and uh, I was playing piano at their thing and she was singing a little bit and she's like, I want to get up the confidence to do this. So will you please record just some music, you know, some of the things that I was playing there is a lot of like nineties covers and stuff. And it's like, can you just play an instrumental track and then record one where you sing? So I can kind of hear what you're thinking with the cover. And then she's going to try um, getting up the confidence to actually go and like sing in front of people. So I get to help do that. So I've done a lot. I guess. I'm sorry, you guys. It's been a long time since I've been on a podcast. I have so much to share. <laughs> no, I'm, like that's okay. excited, I'm like an excited six-year-old. No, I'm not I'm not mad at you for, for you know, sharing a lot of stuff. I'm mad at you for being so freaking good at everything that you can be like, yeah, I was at this party. They needed their piano tune, so I did it. Um, no, God, no, it wasn't that at all. It was like, it was one of those things where they picked a free piano up off the curb. Mm -hmm. And then just sort of put it in their living room. So I'm really happy they asked me to come in and do it. And it was literally I, I read one article and watched a YouTube video. Oh, and wow. then I bought the thing and downloaded like a $20 app that tells you how to tune the thing. And I had watched people tune my piano. So I had a kind of an idea. Um, but no, it was really good because there were clearly animals previously living in the piano. So I'm, at the very Ooh. least, I'm happy I got the chance to open it up and vacuum it out because I wouldn't want to keep <laughs> sitting there and playing piano and pounding whatever was in there into dust to breathe in while playing. There was, yeah, there were some critters that had made a home in the corners of the piano. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, like, I think there's two keys that still don't work and... Um, but yeah, it sounded better when I got... I'm sure it's already back out of tune because you can't tune a piano as harshly as I had to and because um, it was way out of tune and uh, expect it to stay that way. So I'm sure it's not anymore. But no, it was it was an interesting thing. Well, it was... I broke two strings on my piano uh, mm -hmm. on the same... So each, each note on a piano has anywhere from one to three strings generally. And uh, I was playing like Foo Fighters... And like Andrew WK stuff on my piano and I busted a string. And so I talked to my piano tuner and was like, Hey, I need a string repair. He's like, cool. I'll put an order in and let you know when it's in. Great. And then I broke the other string uh, because I kept playing really, I play really hard though. Like I, when I bought a piano, I bought the loudest one I could find and uh, I put it near our front area, which has a higher ceiling. So it echoes really good. And then I still play really loud. Um, <laughs> 
but then he replaced the the string, but it went out of tune right away because that's what happens when you put in a new string. It needs to take time to stretch out. So it was very much like I could spend $50 on a set of tools or I could spend $100 and have this guy come back and tune my whole piano again for two strings. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can do this myself, maybe. <laughs> so I will never fully tune my piano myself, but I uh, I can at least fix the one string that, that went bad. That's so that's cool. a thing I learned. I picked up one new skill in the last year. That's kind of awesome. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, everybody's been geeking out. That's good. It's good. It's healthy. Um, we are going to take our quick commercial break, and then uh, we're going to come back and – I think just fight over who's going to talk the most about Harry Potter, because I think all three of us have some pent up Harry Potter geeking out that we need to, to get out of our system. So, so we will be back. Hello friends. This is Troidal power inviting you to join me over on Twitch. Most weeknights sometime after dinner, video games have always been a social hobby for me with friends and family crammed together on a couch, chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch, where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back. And um, I don't know if I need to do a spoiler alert, but if you <laughs> haven't watched the uh, Harry Potter movies or read the Harry Potter books or one or the other, but want to do the other, then then stop this right now. Like, for example, I am not letting – I've told Ray he is not allowed to listen to this episode. Because Gandalf comes not... back. Sorry, I did it. I spoiled <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, because he is not – read the books and I do believe that he will enjoy them immensely. So, um, so I've told him he's not allowed to listen to it because I don't want him to get spoiled. Mm. What? What? I just mean like he hasn't, he's so behind. He is so behind, but he's, he, I think he's one of those people we've talked about it. He's got, he's got time issues like all of us do, but he chooses to postpone gratification to make sure that he's actually spending his time on things that are worth spending his time on. But what happens is then when he starts getting those recommendations from people, he gets so many back recommendations that he's got too much and never catches up. Oh goodness. We've, yeah. We've kind of had that discussion about how that happened, but anyway, so yes, we're talking about Harry Potter and all three of us at some point have 
uh, geeked out with one another, either online or over podcasts about Harry Potter, but I don't know how I have gone 137 episodes without talking about Harry Potter. So we are going to talk about Harry Potter. Um, the first thing we have to get out of the way is what are all our houses? I am a proud Hufflepuff. I am a Ravenclaw. I am also a Ravenclaw. Very nice. Okay, so we've got we've got two Ravenclaws and a Hufflepuff. Did we find out who have we have we decided on the network what the other people are? Oh, I don't um, know. I, I I I believe Void said because I think they talked about it once on there when they did their personality test episodes. I think they talked about it. I believe Void is a clear Slytherin, and I don't remember what what Beej is. I would think. Gryffindor, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, or or Ravenclaw, but I'm not sure. I think I would call I would call Gryffindor, but and I'm pretty I am pretty good at this. I've got to say, like we have um, we were talking about it in our English meeting on Friday, and one of the teachers hadn't taken the official Pottermore quiz, but she was like, "I'm pretty sure I'm a Hufflepuff." I'm like, "No, nah, you're a Gryffindor," and everybody was looking at me cross-eyed. I'm like, "No, she's a Gryffindor." <laughs> she took the quiz right there, like we're all watching her. Um, and sure enough, she was a Gryffindor. So I was like, I got this down. I can read people. <laughs> nice. Um, when was your first uh, exposure to Harry Potter? Were you like in the in the groove of the whole phenomenon or did you go back to it later? Uh, Rob? I was introduced, I knew about it in middle school is sort of when the books came out because there was a, a girl who went to like a, a Halloween party as Harry Potter with a lightning bolt and the glasses. And that's kind of where I was like, oh, and what it, I don't understand what that is. Um, I didn't get into it until high school. I was dating a girl who was a really big Harry Potter fan. And so I started reading the books, I think, after the third movie. Okay. And so the fourth film is the first one that I saw um, after reading the books. So I think it was after the third movie where I was like, oh, all right then, let's read because I like the third movie. And uh, at after that, I was generally at the midnight screenings for all the movies, usually in costume. I... Uh, each year when I was in college, as the books were still coming out, I would reread the entire series leading up to the new book, and I would do that over the summer to get my reading speed back from reading textbooks, which drops it down to, like, nothing, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because it's the exact opposite direction you're supposed to do with textbooks because you have to read 100 pages a night of those things. And uh, But my reading speed would always suffer greatly, and Harry Potter was just a great way to catch it back up because as the books go along they get a bit more you know i don't know i guess eloquent in their speech they start using larger words bigger vocabulary um yeah so i can't i couldn't put a year on that because i don't know when that is but pre-fourth movie that gives us a good idea yeah how about you katie um i started reading the books after the saw the first movie so i saw the first movie in theaters when it came out and i was like oh this is amazing and my sister was reading the books my youngest sister was reading the books at the time so then it became like a competition because i think there were four books out at that point 
I mm-hmm. think. So I powered through the first two, first three, and then the fourth one was out, which was at the time the longest one. And I think we were on vacation or something. We were going, I think we were going camping or something. And my sister and I were sharing the book and I finished it before she did. And I don't know if she ever like finished reading the series after that. But from that point on, I was like, I have to read all the books. I started going to midnight movie showings when the fifth one came out. And I went to the midnight book release of the last book. I was actually late to work because I had to go get my um, my wristband. And I was 27th at my Barnes & Noble to get my book. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. That's mine. Many, many elbow, elbows were thrown that night. <laughs> Thankfully, our, our like the Barnes & Noble by my house uh, had a pretty good idea of like how to keep it fairly organized. So but they were giving out wristbands starting like when the place opened. So I was like one of the first, I was obviously like the 27th person. I was like, yes, I'm here. My wristband. And I was like five minutes late to work. I was like (laughs) worth it. (laughs) I I did the kind of the same thing as far as starting. I saw the first movie. I want to say with my mom, because my mom knew about the books and, uh, and then went and read books two, three, and four. Cause I thought it was, they were amazing. Um, went back and read one and then waited, actually had it shipped to like through Amazon to a house I was house sitting for because I wanted it as soon as possible. And I think at that point they had said, if you ordered it on Amazon, they'd give it to you the day before it released in the bookstores or something like there was some sort of deal like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, did that for the fifth book, the sixth book I, I, don't think I did a midnight release, but I made sure I had a copy the day of. But, but the craziest was when I went I went the summer after my first year of teaching down to Costa Rica with the a couple of teachers and a bunch of students to do like the turtle rescue stuff. And during the day, like they'll take you on like tours and stuff, but there's not a lot to do, so you just sit around and I was kind of warned that that's what it was. So I brought the fifth and sixth books with me bought the seventh book in the airport on the way back and read that in like 36 hours because I got back on a Monday and Comic-Con was on Wednesday. And I knew that if I didn't have that book read before I went to Comic-Con, that it was going to get spoiled with for me. So I think I literally blasted through the, the last book in two days. Dang. Yeah. That's the fastest I've ever read a book. Ever. Uh, but I was like, I, I will finish this before I go to San Diego. I think I finished the last one. I got it at midnight, and I think I finished it at like 8 a.m. the next day. Oh, wow. I stayed up all night reading it. I was like, there's no way I'm not reading this. <laughs> I don't know if I could there read was... the last one that fast. I mean, I just finished, again, This since this last year was sort of the year of Harry Potter, I started rereading the series. And like we rewatched all the movies for going to Florida and stuff. Uh, but I didn't finish the last book until like two weeks ago. Like, it's just, the last book is hard, man. It it just kind of it is. It stops dead. It's I guess camping, if you're, but if you're dedicated, right? You're dedicated and you push through. That camping is killer. Yeah. The camping is terrible. Yeah. I Too remember much. it was like, oh my God, just do something. I was like, stop camping. Like, <laughs> we don't need this much <laughs> description about camping. 
So um, the last kind of like before I before I just open the gates and let you go wherever you need to go. Um, the the last one is: Do you have a favorite character? I know it's like choosing a favorite child, but who who is your favorite character? Um, uh, Katie. There it is. Um. So I guess my favorite character is more controversial. So <laughs> I guess, well, I, I have two. Um, my, for some reason, I just landed on this as my favorite character. And I'm not, I, I've thought about it and I'm not 100% sure why, but I really like Snape. And he's awful. So it doesn't make any mm-hmm, sense mm-hmm. as to why I, I like him. Um, but I mean, I just, I just do. I really like him a lot. I enjoyed his storyline. I hated that he was so awful to Harry and how awful he was to James and Lily and like everyone. But I don't know. There was just something about him that I really liked. And he ended up like semi redeeming himself by the end, which I liked. Um, And I love Hermione like so, so much. So those are mine. How about you, Rob? Um, Alistair Moody, XR, Ministry Malcontent, yes. your new defense against the Dark Arts teacher. <laughs> uh, anybody who hasn't seen a picture of Rob dressed in Mad-Eye Mooney cosplay is is missing out, because that is probably one of the best cosplays I have seen out there. It's pretty damn amazing. Well, thank you. And I think that's part of one of the things that pushed me in that direction. I mean, I, it's, I, the movies have a lot to do with it. Um, I think he's interesting in the books and this, it, the whole thing is the majority of Mad-Eye Moody you get isn't Mad-Eye Moody, mm-hmm. but you have to be like, but he has to be so much like Mad-Eye Moody that it kind of is as far as getting to know that character. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's got to play, he's got to convince everybody else that he's Mad-Eye Moody. Right. So, but there's a big difference uh, between him in the movies and him in the books, I think. In particular, the battle at the Department of Mysteries, where in the movie he's this badass, you know, and somehow his his staff is also like a giant wand or something. And he's like knocking people across the whole room, whereas in the books, Mad-Eye Moody pretty much gets beaten every time he turns around. He's their wharf. Mad-Eye Moody is, is, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. their wharf where he's supposed to be the big, strong guy. But every time he gets in a fight with anybody, he just gets thrown across the room and knocked out. <laughs> well, it's like it's the idea, I think, that the biggest guy usually gets taken out first because it, it that guy looks like he could do some damage. Let's focus on him first. Right. But I, I liked the idea of this guy who is still in the thick of things despite, again, in the books, he – isn't capable anymore but he's he's the guy who refuses to give up despite age Mm -hmm. and you know possibly mental infirmary if he's that out of his gourd because again we think of mad eye moody as what ends up being barty crouch jr but it's like he gets taken out at his own home like before we even meet the character he's been beaten and then department of mysteries he gets beaten and then you know the seven harrys he gets beaten um, he doesn't really have any big victory. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Is there any time where he actually does something like, I don't want to say useful, but, but where he actually proves himself personally to be capable. Like he's always kind of shown as like, he's this living legend, 
but he's the lesson that you learn that even your legends get old and maybe they rely on him too much because of his reputation. That's true. I've never really thought of him that way. I do think that he comes up with a lot of the strategies and yeah. uh, for some of them, they do work. I know the, the seven Harry's didn't go down quite the way they wanted to, but it wasn't a bad plan. Um, but, but I think he, I think he was still the strategist and, you know, the reason why everybody said he was mentally infirmed was because he was still always on guard. Like he never let himself relax. Right. And so people, people assumed he was paranoid, but you're not really paranoid if it's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I like, I like both versions. I think there's a lot to respect in the book version and in the movie one, he's just an absolute badass, which is entertaining. And Brendan Gleeson plays him perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my favorite character is uh, McGonagall. I love Professor McGonagall, and especially like Maggie Smith's Professor McGonagall. Yeah. I just I, – I, maybe it's because I'm a teacher. Um, I think she is at her absolute best in book five, which is a, another reason why I think The Order of the Phoenix is one of my favorite yes. books. Um, I love when she's just like, <laughs> Dolores, can I offer you a cough drop? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. I think that's absolutely fair. I think she's one of the better. And then, obviously, you don't get the additional details of her life until later, um, which is a right. shame because they do such a good job of, of sort of filling out that character. Um, but, no, I like her. And I like the way that she's written because she's complicated. It's like there's nothing wrong with Snape being a favorite character, even if he's not a good person, because he is one of the most complex characters of the entire series. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw down my unpopular opinion. Go for it. I think most people who like Snape actually just like Alan Rickman. Um I mean I do like Alan Rickman. <laughs> um that is true, but I also I, I like his character because it's he is really complex and cuz you learn a lot about who he is cuz like the 6th book is my favorite book which is mostly about Snape. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I enjoyed learning about how, cause like there was just always something about Snape where Dumbledore just trusted him so much and it was so hard to understand why until you start mm-hmm. to like get deeper into his story. Cause I feel like there's so much there, but there's also a lot of like, um, like that whole unrequited love thing. And I think it, I mean, that is a little weird that he's still like fully in love with Lily, even though she's gone and he never really moved on from that. But mm. his ability to cahoot is like amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely knows how to blend in. And I'm, and I, I don't want to, to downplay, um, anybody's love of Snape because of Alan Rickman. I just think that Alan Rickman did such an amazing job with the character. And I think so many people were introduced to Snape first through Alan Rickman's portrayal mm-hmm. of him that, that you, you never read the books without him in your head. And yeah, it's just very like, it's, it's easy to like that portrayal of the character, but I was listening to, I just just before the holidays listened to the entire series on audiobook on my ridiculous drive to work and um and I was looking for like okay where where is the thing that 
that Snape does that everybody loves. And it really isn't a thing. It's just kind of the concept of the character that seems to be what people like, which is very interesting to me because he's, he's terrible to those oh, kids. Yeah. Like he's just awful to those he's, kids. He's mean. And he, uh, picks on Harry because he doesn't like Harry's parent, like his dad, like that's his whole mm-hmm. thing. And that's, awful because i mean it's not harry's fault that his dad is james james and snape hated each other like that's not his problem but mm-hmm. and he never even met james so it's not like he's yeah. he you know has I mean, he has no concept of his father at all and it's just blind um blind hatred for no yeah. reason i will say that like there are like small things that snape does i mean it's hard because it's hard to separate like how he is in the book with how alan rickman portrays him because there's certain aspects mm-hmm like things that Alan Rickman did for the character that made him like a little comedic. Like there were things that were funny or like you could see just how talented and how uh, like incredible of a wizard Snape could have been if he just let go of his like anger towards James marrying Lily and like just let that whole part go then maybe he would have been better. So I don't know. It's just a lot of different things that go into it, but I can see where like a lot of people love his character specifically because of how Alan Rickman portrayed it because he did such an incredible mm-hmm. job and Alan Rickman is an amazing yeah, actor. Really so RIP. Um, were there any things that it sounds like all of us have gone back and re invested in the the books reread them re-listened to them or re-indulged in them in some way um is there stuff that struck you on a second or third time through that you didn't get the first time through uh rob yeah i think in this this most recent read through some of the things that struck me were i guess some of the What's the best way of saying it? Some of the dumb things. <laughs> um, <laughs> the idea where decisions either don't make sense or, um, I mean, a lot of it is contrasting with the films because I have a much better memory of the movies than I do the books. And a lot of the, I don't understand why they changed this or did this or, oh, it was this character that said this and not that character. Um, mm mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm so kind of familiar with the stories, but every once in a while there's things where like, Oh, I didn't remember that or that this thing happened, or you're trying to figure out some of the things that maybe they didn't consider that JK Rowling didn't consider when writing the books, because, you know, she might've had a general idea of a story, but obviously you don't figure out the details until you're writing that book and how much of it is very much like, well, this will never get mentioned again. You know, like, I feel like I don't remember the specifics. I feel like there was a couple things in the first couple of books that, like, just don't ever get mentioned again. Like, where she tries to do some world building, but it either contradicts or gives way too easy of a solution or something for the later books where she just wants to introduce something that seems quirky. And you're like, but that changes the whole fabric of the whole thing. You know, or it's like in, it's like mm-hmm. wandless magic in the movies. The movies have a lot of wandless magic, and that's not really supposed to be a thing. Yeah, well, she's 
Yeah, no, because I was like, she's got no problem with messing with her world building now. (laughs) Why did she have a problem with it before? Katie, Katie has. I have a lot of pent up anger for for fat. Can we can we just skip ahead? Like I feel like this is good. I don't want I don't want you to I don't want you to have to hold no, it in anymore. To Talk to me about Fantastic Beasts too, because you are so unhappy with this movie. I was just really mad coming out of that film. Like I was mad sitting in the film, and I I went on this like oh my god, how many messages were between like the three of us in in Slack? There was like two hundred or something messages of just me being angry. <laughs> about it (laughs) well i was right there with you i wasn't i wasn't pleased with the way they were trying to do the story but i just i have a whole thing about the fantastic beast series in general um which is that it should be a fantastic beast series or even a single one-off film and that the bait and switch that they decided to pull where it's a fun movie about cool animals and this friendly guy who's not that great with people, but he loves animals. So he's special and maybe he's on the spectrum and he, you know, just wants to go out and learn all he can about these incredible creatures. And it's going to be bright colors and happy. Just kidding. Here's people dying and child abuse. And it's really the dark story and the rise of Grindelwald. And you're like, what are you doing? Like you understand the audience is large enough. That could have been a separate movie. Like, give me the bright. Right. I feel like tonally they don't work very well together. I think it's too drastic of a switch between the bright and the dark. And I think the second film didn't have enough of the brightness in it. And I think J.K. Rowling and uh, this is probably the harshest thing I think I can say is that J.K. Rowling shouldn't be writing screenplays. No. Or I if she should, she needs somebody so willing to say, I know you're like one of the richest people on the planet. But you need to completely reevaluate how you're doing this because I think she's playing the long game. And while I think that's fine, this isn't a Netflix series that people are going to binge. These are movies no. that come out years apart and you're you're not really telling a single succinct story the way the Harry Potter ones were where people can go back and revisit it and enjoy it until the next one. That said, I sat next to so I went to a screening where I was there in costume for the theater. We had been invited out. And then we got free tickets. And some, so I was there with my costuming group. And some of those people had been to other premiere nights for the same theater. And so I was sitting next to somebody who loved the movie and was watching it for the second time and thought it was fantastic. So I know that there's other opinions out there. But yeah, for my money, I I like the first one a lot better. And I would mm-hmm. rather watch the first Fantastic Beasts without any of the Grindelwald stuff in there. And I think it would be a fantastic up, like the first two Harry Potter movies. You know, it should feel like a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my understanding, I don't know how true this is, but my understanding is, is when the first book came, or the first movie came out, they, they made her take out, like, all the stuff that would make sense transitioning from screenplay one to screenplay what? two. So the first mo- the first movie had stuff in it that was supposed to make the second movie make more sense, but they took all of that out because they didn't want all of like it was too much. But then they didn't do that for the second movie. So the reason why the second movie is a little like I f- I found it very hard to follow. 
And I, and I, my understanding is that's because a lot of the stuff that would have made it easier to follow was taken what out the... of the first movie. Okay. So I'm just going to, these are the things that bothered me. I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. First of all, I hate Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. I hate that. Seconded. And I don't like it. And so every time he's on the screen, I'm angry about it. And he's like the entire movie second one. So I'm just like frustrated. Um, watching it and i also was lost within like the first couple minutes of the movie like i felt like i'd missed an entire movie in between the two because i was like okay he got arrested i think but i don't really remember what's going on like it didn't make any sense there was no real lead into it it was just oh he's breaking out of jail and but it's not really him it's somebody else and like people can fly now and use wandless magic and do all of these things and i'm like this makes no sense for the world that she had previous built like previously built using seven movies and like, eight movies and seven books i was like i don't mm-hmm. i don't understand um, the other thing is, is I think the whole Creedence storyline is useless. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't understand the point of it. And then she threw in that whole, like, Nagini was actually a person thing. And I'm like, why are you changing things and adding things that we've never heard of? And um, I think the out of all of that, the biggest thing that bothered me is that she had the opportunity, like you had said, Rob, is to create an entire series about Newt's commander, and she didn't do it. Like, they didn't take that opportunity to create these amazing films about this guy who just wants to look at the beauty in the world and see all of the different creatures that live there. And... They also had introduced a storyline that they didn't even give us a chance to enjoy or expand on, which was between Newt and what is it? Uh, what is what is her name? His assistant. Lita? No, Lita. The um, the Lestrange. Lita Lestrange. Is that what her name is? Yeah. Oh, right. Um, yeah. They throw out the storyline about like them being best friends and like him being in love with her and her also being in love with him, but never thinking she's good enough. And then like her saying that line, she's like, you've never met a monster you couldn't love. And she sees herself as a monster. And I'm just like, I was so heartbroken that I never got any more than just that. Well, there's like six plot lines that they don't do that they yeah. don't follow through on. Yeah. I'm like, don't throw me a bone no. about something that's cute and romantic and then murder her five seconds later. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. And I like one of the things I, I, I try not to be the fan that criticizes everything and goes, why are you doing this? You shouldn't do this. Like I try not to be that fan, but it was very hard not to sit there and go, please don't make me want to, like, don't make me, don't give me reasons to feel bad for Nagini. Like of all the characters that you could like find depth for, I don't feel that the snake is one of them. It just didn't make any sense. And like a lot of people were really angry about the, like what she had chosen. Like it was the, like, you know, the ethnicity of the character and cultural and all this stuff for it. Cause it didn't, it, she introduced something completely new that no one had ever heard of, which is like, okay, which is fine most of the time because, mm-hmm. you know, we're learning about a whole new section. Cause like, that was the biggest thing about the whole fantastic beasts part is that there are all of these creatures that exist in the world that we've never 
seen or met before. And that's what Newt was supposed to be doing is showing us like how beautiful and amazing these creatures are. And yet I was like, don't make me feel bad for this snake that did all of these horrible things and killed my favorite character. I will not feel bad for her. <laughs> they <laughs> worm tailed the it is what they did. <laughs> yeah. They're like, exactly. yep. Nope. Yeah. Psych. This 50 year old man has been sleeping with the Weasley boys for years. <laughs> rewriting so history so creepy. <laughs> oh my god but yeah i just there i mean i didn't want to criticize her because i love jk rowling but there there's a difference between book writing and screenplay writing yes and i guess mm-hmm. like screenplay writing is just not something she's incredibly good at no well she hadn't done it before it's, yeah And I mean, I liked the first movie a lot. I went back and watched it and I was like, wow, this is such a fun movie. I really liked it because I only had to see Johnny Depp at the end. Yes. Um, Right. But you know what? I would have been totally satisfied if they bait and switched us at the beginning and been like, oh, just kidding. It's not really Johnny Depp is not Grindelwald. He's it's actually Colin Farrell. I would have been fine with that. I mean, like, oh, yes, I, I can see what you did there. That's fine. <laughs> I almost would have been better, happier if it's fine. Like, yes, it's Grindelwald, but it's it's still Colin Farrell because he was, in my mind, what I think Grindelwald would be, which is much more soft-spoken, but with gravitas behind it. Yes. Because you have to keep in mind, this is right. somebody that has to convince a good portion of the wizarding world to follow him into doing something. And, like, I don't know if, if it was, like, a veiled trump thing where like johnny depp's character is going to be this very you know eccentric loud whatever and like he's talking to things that a lot of people really believe they just you know finally have an opportunity to express that like and i know that's kind of the hitler thing because that's what grindelwald sort of is supposed to be right magical hitler um or no or is one See, now I've lost it. Was it that Voldemort? One of them is Magical Hitler and the other one's like Magical Mussolini or something like that, right? It's it's hard to know because the thing is, is that uh, these movies are taking place during World War II. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be the magical equivalent of that. But the right. thing is, is like Johnny mm-hmm. Depp doesn't know how to play a character that's not Johnny Depp. So if I'm supposed to... But also, like, I think the other part of it is that they went so big and so evil with Voldemort through all of the other movies that now you're introducing this character who was supposed to be, like, more evil and more charismatic and was able to get all of these people to follow him. Um, But I don't know if she didn't know how to do that without trying to make him, like, like what you said, like, more gravitas, more, like, bigger and more ridiculous yeah, he's he's a he's a comic book supervillain. Yeah. 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 And that really doesn't is. I don't know. It doesn't work so well with me for me. Like I thought I remember when they announced it was going to be Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm like, that's a really weird decision. But I guess it makes sense as far as still trying to capture the youthful audience. And the idea of like Newt Scamander is such a footnote. Like, why of all the characters would that be like, why not do a Marauders movie? Why not? Um <sighs> Right. You know, do there was uh, I think it was IGN or somebody as a April Fool's Day thing put out a trailer for a TV show called The Aurors. And it's just about wizarding cops. And I'm like, that's really what I want to see is show me adults using 
magic because we have the kids and the kids kind of use magic but not a lot and then in the fifth film you get the duel between Voldemort and Dumbledore and you're like you know I, that's kind of what I want to see like show me adults using magic and Fantastic Beasts did give me that and that's what I like like I love seeing Colin Farrell when he just has that resignation on his face which again is now I will argue that Johnny Depp can do small he can do internal because he did it in movies like from hell but Mm -hmm. it's been years since he's had to he's become more of a cartoon character recently in all of his movies yeah so it's been a long Mm -hmm. time since he was allowed to work as a more serious uh actor but the moment where the i keep sidelining myself okay the moment the moment where colin farrell just has that look of like okay fine we're going to do this i guess this isn't going to work and he turns and takes on like six auras at once might oh. be one of my favorite moments in there. Yeah. Not only because so you see how powerful he is, but the re- that that soft moment, like one of my favorite moments, probably one of the only two or three good moments in my mind of the second Fantastic Beast is Jacob's reaction to seeing the bomb explode and him just to say another war and just yeah. almost made me yeah. cry yeah. in the theater because he was able to actually portray what somebody who went through the horrors of World War One, especially if you like know anything about World War One history and that sort of thing, the absolute horrors that those people had to live through to think that it's going to happen again is such a soul crushing moment. And so it's a quiet moment. And that ends up being some of my favorite ones of these movies, even though I love all the big, bright, beautiful stuff in the first one. Like I love him walking through and feeding the different animals and the look on his face when he does that versus the look on his face dealing with human people because Eddie Redmayne plays the character again in the first movie so well, he doesn't make eye contact with like, you know, people like that again, it's, it's somebody who's on the spectrum. Like he doesn't really make eye contact when talking with people. He only kind of looks up at you every once in a while, doesn't really, but put him next to an animal and he completely changes. And I have friends that are like that. They are utterly different people. As soon as there's a puppy or a, or, or a cat or something near them, they connect with that animal so much more than they do with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I don't like the characterization of him, but my, my only thing that I enjoyed in the second fantastic beats movie is uh, sexy. Dumbledore. Oh my God. Where's the Hello, robe? How does he go? How does he go in like 20 years from wearing like three piece suits with no robe, not even the trench coat thing in the classroom to full on purple giant robes with stars and moons? I have had, I have head cannon for that. Thanks to the internet. Um, so there's, there's a meme that circles in um, teaching society <laughs> where it's got young Dumbledore. And then like 10 years later, him talking to uh, Tom Riddle, and it says, "What happened to D- Dumbledore in these ten years?" And the answer is, "Teaching, teaching <laughs> happened to Dumbledore in these ten years." Fair enough. Also, why he was um, teaching defense against yeah. the dark arts instead of transfiguration. Uh, right. Okay. So, real quick, I want to talk about that because you sent me that article, right? Talking about how it was possible that McGonagall could be in fantastic beast two, even though everything that we know doesn't fit with like the time and like things that she said in the other books and all that stuff. Um, People were saying that it's because McGonagall exists in the fantastic beast world that she's teaching transfiguration, which is why Dumbledore is now teaching defense against the dark arts. Yes. 
Boo. I don't know. But yeah, it's basically, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a different world. It's a different else world. It's a place where people can do wandless magic because it looks cool. And I didn't know we were AUing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. fanfic, is that what this is? <laughs> yeah. And I think the fact that she hasn't come out with an explanation like, cause she's pretty good. She gets on top of those things pretty quickly. I think the fact that she hasn't come out with an explanation is cause they done fucked up. Seriously, I'm pretty sure that's why, because she was real quick. Okay. When Dumbledore died in the sixth book, people were so convinced that there's no way he could actually be dead. There was like an entire website dedicated to explaining how it was possible that he still like wasn't dead, which was Dumbledore's not dead.com. And I read through that entire website and the people who put it together went through and read all of the books from the British version, all the American versions and like the movies and came up with pretty convincing evidence that Dumbledore wasn't dead to the point where like JK Rowling was like, no, he's dead. I killed him. He's dead. Like he is no longer living. So for her to not come out and explain why, uh, McGonagall exists in this other world. I'm like, did you guys screw up somewhere? Or did you think it would just be fun and nobody would notice? Yeah, it's when you have a fandom that hardcore, it's like Star Wars. Because basically what they did with these movies is they soloed it. Where they threw in all these things that they thought were these nice winks and nods and and hints. And the actual fans are like, stop it. Like, we don't, we don't need that. Like, we're okay. This world is so rich and there's so much out there with Pottermore and the additional materials that you don't we we don't need you to do that many winks and nods to the future things. We don't need the Legolas shows up in the Hobbit for some reason. You know, we don't it's Hollywood. Yeah. It's Hollywood yeah. doing what Hollywood does, which is remember this? Remember this? Hey, hey. You, you remember this? Cool, right? <laughs> It's it's again Hollywood not catching up to geekdom where the rest of us are like yeah we've read the books like fifty thousand times and we've watched the movie fifty thousand times we remember it because we saw it yesterday do something different yeah I don't need I don't need you to show me that McGonagall works at Hogwarts I know that but you're too early <laughs> yeah it's like make it your cannon straight <laughs> and the maker head girl you know oh yeah yeah or just yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I, yeah, but back back to Harry Potter things, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think we've like you know we've we've done a good I think twenty to thirty minutes on just anger. <laughs> Let's go back to what we enjoyed about Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, what are some of your um favorite things about the like favorite moments in the stories? Favorite things about magic um rob what 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 are the things that you just kind of always get excited about when you're reading about it or seeing it in the movie not my daughter you bitch oh my god yeah. <laughs> what a blessing might be one of my favorite yes. moments of the whole series yeah. yes i mean that that's that's a moment that kind of you know will choke me up sometimes when i'm reading it i love um molly weasley I think I think she's probably you know if we're broadly she might be my second favorite character of the whole thing because she is utterly relatable you get her from the first and she's very much that example of you know what these people could be 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's there's other moments that are good. I think Quidditch in the books is one of the the best mm-hmm. parts about them is the comment the Lee Jordan commentary and then the <laughs> Luna Lovegood commentary. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, I think are wonderful. I think some of those moments for me, I the fifth book is my favorite as well. Um, and I, I, I like those bits of, it's not necessarily world building, but almost the day to day in day in the life of in school type of thing. Cause that to me is the world building there, even though you're not necessarily getting a ton of extra information about the world, it's seeing that it's because that helps you understand the characters a little better. Whereas in a film, the, it's got to keep going. We're going to skip over all of that type of stuff. Um, right. But I, th- I think those are my big ones. Also, death. I very much appreciate the way that death is handled in the books, um, especially in the last uh, the last movie. I hate. I w- I'm not a fan of the last two films. Uh, there are moments in there that I think are great, um, but I hate the way they handle death, where you know, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange turns into crystal and shatters, and Voldemort slowly fades away in awesome 3D effects. Like that's not the point. The point is, even in the Wizarding World, when you die, it's immediate and it's sudden and it's t- it's like that Buffy episode where she walks in and finds her mom dead on the couch. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best examples of representing death in a fantasy sort of geek setting, where it just happens and it doesn't have to be heroic. It doesn't have to be for a cause. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice. You know, it's just a thing that happens to people, and it's a part of life. Is accepting that. And that it's a snap of the finger. Okay, Thanos thing now, but it's the snap of the fingers, and people <laughs> are just gone. And yeah. uh, I really appreciated the way in the books how they handled that, especially with like Voldemort. Voldemort, he just drops dead, right? The spell rebounds and he's gone. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they I just pre- drag I- him off and put him in a room on the side. That's what they do. Yeah, I like that. And then I think broadly, I like how they handle the more medieval aspects of, of wizarding culture, how it's not perfect. And she tried to goes from the early books where, wow, magic and it's fun. And this is really cool to like, but here's the thing. There's also these awful punishments and there's people who in school just come up with spells to literally slash you like with a sword because there's magic to heal you. So they don't have the same mind for consequence that other people do. And you learn that how archaic a lot of their laws are and their institutions are and their way of thinking is. Um, how terrible of a headmaster Dumbledore is and how dangerous of a place Hogwarts is. Yes, seriously. There's no safer place than that place with all of the Voldemort spies and <laughs> kids trying to murder each other, like literally, because they don't understand consequence. Um, okay. But I think I think it's those things. I think it's it's I like the broad strokes of here's good family life, here's bad family life, contrasting the Malfoys with the the Weasleys um, and the Dursleys, I guess. I mean, who are just flat out child abusers. Um, and then yeah, that idea of like it's a magical world, and you feel like oh god, I would love to be there and go to Hogwarts. And then it's by the end of the books, it's kind of like, but would you? Because there's all the cool magic and stuff, but like. It's also kind of a terrible world. That always reminds me of my favorite moment in in the movies is when Dumbledore is like, 
uh, do not go out to like up to the third floor corridor unless you want to die the most painful death. And there's like this photo of Harry's face that's just like, what the fuck kind of place is this? <laughs> Seriously. That's my favorite gift because his face is just like, uh, what? <laughs> Well, and it's funny because I said uh, there's there's a couple of teachers at my school who are huge Harry Potter fans. So we just send people we send each other memes and stuff all the time. And we I was uh, I found this group of tweets from somebody called LL McKinney. Um, her her Twitter handle is at uh, L on words. And she says, I would have gotten suspended from Hogwarts repeatedly and possibly expelled. Miss McKinney, what's in your hand? A pen. Where's your quill? I don't have one. Why not? Because it's 1991. 10 points from Gryffindor. <laughs> and it's just all these different things about like how how she needs to she like as a muggle-born, she would be I need electricity and you guys are not helping me out here. Um, um yeah, or is the what's the there's the, also the Twitter account where somebody watches them for the first time with no with no frame of reference and dear nukes yeah, that's what she calls Harry's oh, Patronus. That's what she calls. It's <laughs> just like he just deer nuked those people, and then whenever it shows up again, it's just deer nuke in all caps with a bunch of exclamation points. Oh my god, that's amazing! Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's I I'm not one to laugh out loud at stuff often, but that thing absolutely had me laughing as I was reading through and just their interpretation of not knowing anything about the world of Harry Potter and going in and watching the movie straight through is absolutely fantastic. I think it's somewhere uh, on the a, Slack. I think somebody shared it, or maybe it's on Twitter. Oh my somewhere. God. There's a um, Tumblr account uh, for this person. It was the, he's pretending to be the IT guy at Hogwarts. Yes. Okay. And because there's muggle boards, like, like think of Hogwarts now. I was like, muggle boards are going to come from a place of cell phones and Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And then go to Hogwarts where there's like candles and no electricity. They're going to want Wi-Fi. Like, I want to be able to use my cell phone here. Like, so they're going to have an IT person who's a muggle who lives at Hogwarts who they, like, call to come fix stuff. And it's a really funny Tumblr account. I absolutely adore it. It's really funny. I think maybe one of the best Uh, things about Harry Potter is kind of the fandom and how much it's branched out into things like Wizard Rock and how Hufflepuff went from just being, like, the people who give the best hugs to probably the bulk of the fandom that still exists today mm-hmm. have have you guys seen puffs no we we wanted to we were considering it it was in the theater like they did a movie theater screening through whatever the thing is and then uh we almost went to see it in new york but we we ended up seeing book of mormon instead which is a very good choice i i i completely agree with your decision making process no but i yeah i very much but... want to i did see a um, it was a burlesque performance where they took all the Harry Potter movies and so, or stories and sort of squeezed them into one performance. And then the, it had like, you know, fire dancing and stuff like that in there. Um, but it's kind of entertaining. Yeah, because it was like a dance off between Harry and Voldemort. That's awesome. Uh, well, you can actually see Puffs on there. It, they, they recorded the um, the play. And they put it up on iTunes and oh, Amazon. Fantastic. So yeah, so you can watch it, and it is it is delightful. Like it is just hilarious. It it kind of leans into the the Hufflepuff stereotypes, yeah. but but it 
it gets very sincere very quickly because they have to go through all the all the books in like right. two hours and um and obviously they have to kind of change names and things but they, they pretty much you know who all the different characters are and um their portrayal of snape is hilarious how does it stand um, up against the, does, the musicals i've seen the first musical i still haven't seen the second one are you talking about a very potter musical yes i am yes. what a blessing Thank you, Gary and Chris, for existing. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, they're different things. Like, one's meant to be kind of a spoof, where I do think Puffs is trying to kind of tell its own story, because it's basically telling the story of Harry Potter's seven years at Hogwarts from the Hufflepuff's perspective, and, you know, how they're trying to survive in this castle of death basically yay Luke um, cedric it, we're finally gonna a, get recognition we're finally we're gonna be on the map we're gonna oh that's exactly <laughs> what happens but it's but you gotta understand like they set him up they're they're like cedric is like the cool one of us like no matter what we're okay because cedric <laughs> takes care of us like he and then he dies and they are devastated and it's not played comedically like they are legitimately like you know i think i think for harry potter that's his growing up point at some point where he starts going i mean that's why i like the fifth book so much is because he's had this experience that nobody else understands but all the adults are still treating him like he's a kid and in puffs, the Hufflepuffs are now in kind of a moral crisis because they're not they're not privy to all the stuff that Harry is privy to. They just know that the kid who they all looked up to, because it's you know basically Harry's class of Hufflepuffs, the kids that they all the kid they all looked up to is now dead, and they don't know what to do with that. And it's just like I mean, I cried by the end of the 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 movie. It was it it's just so well done. Like there's enough comedic comedy in it that it's fun and but it's got a message and it's 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 good theater. It's good theater. It's not just parody theater. Not that not that um Harry Potter musical is not amazing in its, it's own right. It basically just mushed all seven books into three separate <laughs> into three yeah. separate musicals all <laughs> out of order and they were great. But I I haven't yeah. seen Puffs. I didn't even know that it existed, so I need to watch it. I, I I want to see on Slack when you guys finally watch it because it's it's so good. It's so good. It's like like your first introduction to the Hufflepuffs is when they start naming themselves. It's like, hi, I'm so and so and all of the other Hufflepuffs at the same time. Hi. Oh like every single time somebody introduces themselves. It's it's that's it's freaking adorable. adorable. Oh There's God. also a good documentary just about Wizard Rock. I don't know if it's still it was on Netflix, but it was a random thing I came across. And because I had known about it, I had a friend in college who mentioned it. She's like, yeah, it's rock, but with a W in front because it's wizard rock. I'd be like, that sounds terrible. Like, no, it's all these actually good songs. <laughs> but like in the Harry Potter universe, I'm like, yes, that sounds terrible because I don't know if I can take a song seriously with the word Horcrux in it. You know, like I don't. Um, but watching the documentary is fun. Again, I don't know that I would know any songs. I think maybe I heard one of them that I would recognize that a friend had played, but that was like the early days of Tumblr, right? I had this friend who was all over Tumblr and all over all the Harry Potter fandoms. And they have a, you know, Harry Potter tattoo and, and the whole nine. And it was kind of one of those, like, I don't, I think I'm too old for that. Maybe like that was that 
it wasn't <laughs> it, it's like can there be a generation gap of two years because i feel like that's what that was like i never i've never touched tumblr but it was that tumblr wizard rock harry potter you know where the fandoms exploded and fan fiction really became a thing with harry potter right mm-hmm. and i never touched mm-hmm. any of that either because i was like I, I but i have the books like i have the actual stories and then you just have conversations with people like uh, for somebody to sit down and write and try to write in their words or in their you know and but it doesn't read right because it's not coming from the same author and they're not able to capture the, the same voice type of thing was always really hard for me. But I also say that as somebody who did geek out hard enough where I was on a Hogwarts role-playing forum for years where. <laughs> oh, that yeah. Must have been so amazing. I, like I said, I have, I have deep Harry Potter, Harry Potter fandom, but I feel like there's like a two year generation gap between posting on forums and then like the whole people making memes and playing songs and writing fan fiction. So I don't I don't know is role playing forum fan it's like collaborative fan fiction I guess P- possibly yeah yeah I gotta say I I didn't realize until very recently when um, Harry Potter actually took place because I had always kind of just assumed it took place when the books were being which it published. does but it actually well it does but it like it takes place a lot earlier than. Yeah, it's early 90s. Very early 90s. Yeah, it's early 90s. Like, I would have been in Cedric Diggory's Well, I think it starts with Harry Potter is 11 Um, when the first book is published, was my understanding. No, it's before that. No, no, no. That's before that. So it was, um, I'm trying to think. I think he was born in 1980. Yeah, it was early because like he yeah, graduates, if we will, from Hogwarts. The seventh book is like 1998, right? Yeah, the first book came out yeah. in 97. So what am I? What am I? Is it that kids would be 11 the same year that the book came out? Are we yeah, sure? Are we sure that it isn't? Absolutely. Like he, he, yeah, he was born in 1980, and that was mind blowing to me because I was like, oh my god, I would have been as a Hufflepuff, I would have been in. All right, I have to Google this now because I don't. Yeah, continue without me. Can I talk about my favorite thing about Harry Potter? Oh God, please. Um, Absolutely. So, like, one of my biggest like favorite things ever is actually Luna Lovegood. I love. Mm -hmm. Cause like her character is very, it just like, she just sort of shows up and she's always just kind of been around and she's that like for people to think that she's weird in a place where magic is real is like, okay, but you guys do magic. Like, why are you saying that Luna Lovegood is weird? But she's like eccentric and odd, which I love, but I love the friendship that she develops with Harry so quickly. Like, how she can just say things that might make you feel a little uncomfortable, but she understands more than you think she does. Like uh, when Harry can see the Thestrals and she's the only other person who can see them too. And she reassures Harry like, Oh, you're not crazy. I see them too, because they've both had experiences where they've seen death. And then Mm -hmm. I like when they're out in the forest together, talking to each other. And when Harry gets invited to Slughorn's dinner and Hermione has a date already. He goes, well, then I'll, I'm going to take somebody who I think is cool. And he picks Luna. 
which just like yeah. it makes me really happy because it's just a genuine friendship between the two of them and no one ever thinks that like luna knows more than she does and then in the last one when they're trying to figure out like what horcrux would have been made from something that be- belonged to rowena ravenclaw and she's the one talking about the diadem and they don't believe her and then uh when harry's going off and like luna's trying to like get him to listen to her and she yells at him and he stops and he's like oh okay yeah well but for me the the definitive like i am in love with this character moment is because it's heartbreaking um but she doesn't let it be is when harry catches her putting up Mm -hmm. the posters for all the things that people have taken from her over the, the school year and she's like, oh, they always find their way back eventually. But I'm like, this poor girl, like, gets picked on by everybody, but doesn't ever let it bother her. She's just, she, she, she just tries to find the positive in it. And I just, at that, like, at that moment, I'm like, I would hang out with you, Luna. You, you, you right? you're a cool kid. She's so sweet and wonderful and supportive. And she is incredible at magic and people just don't really pay attention to her, but they like pick on her and stuff because they think she's weird in a place where magic is real. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, come on guys. But I just, I love the whole thing that circles around her and her weird family where her and her dad can just be weird together, which is just adorable. And yeah, I just really like, I, I, I honestly think the silver trio is, is I enjoy the silver trio more than I enjoy the golden trio. Because I've heard, you know, everybody refers to Ron, Hermione, and Harry mm-hmm. as the Golden Trio, but then you've got Ginny, Luna, oh my God, and Neville. Neville, I love Neville so much. Oh my God, he's the true hero at the end. Because if it wasn't him for cutting the head off the snake, none of the other stuff would have happened. Yeah, and for 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 me, like. And I, I think I've talked to you about this before. I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but I am dying to. I have made a promise to myself and another person that I would not um, read Harry Potter fanfic until I finished their book, like their actual published book that I've been working on for a while. And it's not that it's bad. It's just I mm-hmm. never have time to read. But um, but I am dying to read. There is supposedly a fanfic out there about Dumbledore's army's time during the seventh book, like from their oh, perspective, wow. like how, how they survived Hogwarts while, um, the golden tree. Is that the one that you sent me? I th- think so. I think I sent yeah. you the link to it. And the other one was, um, uh, kind of an Elseworlds Harry Potter where, Harry wakes up one morning and he lives in a world where Neville's the chosen oh, maybe one. Maybe that's of the him. one you sent me. I think it's that one where. Yeah. Those are the two I'm really interested in going back and, and yeah, reading. Yeah. There's a whole too. world that you could get into with fanfic that's not basically pornography. So there's a whole world outside <laughs> of that. I mean, there's a lot of like, like of that fan fiction, like mature fan fiction, but there are a lot of stories that people build around other characters or things from their perspective that shows you more than what JK Rowling gave me 
gave us. And that's what I kind of love about the whole fan fiction aspect is that someone can take the story that we all love very much and expand it beyond what the author ever intended it to be or never really thought Mm -hmm. about and give us like even a very wholesome story or something very incredible uh, that goes along perfectly with like everything that we already know about the story. And sometimes there are times where fan fiction is better than the original story. Twilight always (laughs) twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the, have you seen any of the Harry Potter headcanon memes? Possibly. They're like, it's like, Harry Potter headcanon and then they'll give like a little snippet of I think it happens on Reddit a lot. They'll give a little snippet of something that in their mind happens at Hogwarts or ways characters interact. Um, so like, you know, there was a, a Harry Potter headcanon that they can see a group of Slytherins refusing to say the um, password to get into their common room because it's offensive. And then somebody follows it up. And so then the, the Hufflepuffs bring them pillows and blankets and cocos and sit there and wait for them. And then um, the Gryffindors find out and try and figure out how to break down the door. And the Ravenclaws sit there and try and figure out how to puzzle like a spell or enchantment to, to open the door without the password. It's just like little things like this could have happened at Hogwarts. And they're always kind of fun. They tend to be house-based because then mm-hmm. they'll build on each other. Like this is what one house does and this is how all the other houses respond. Um, there's a great one about like a food fight where the um, I think they said uh, Harry shows Fred and George um, – movies like gets them over somehow and and shows them movies and so they stage a food fight because it's the first time they've seen a food fight and then like some like rat uh brat pack movie and so then how each of the houses react and what happens when a pie like hits mcgonagall and then you find out that it was dumbledore that threw the pie that (laughs) mcgonagall so like it's just a little fun little head cannons that yeah, and so they're they're just a lot of fun. Like I highly recommend if anybody's on Facebook to subscribe to the Quibbler because it's just wonderful, amazing Harry Potter oh memes. Gosh. Like just so wonderful. I love, it. I love it so much. Did we lose Rob? I think we lost Rob in in his quest for uh, discovering <laughs> what your no, no, Hogwarts we're good. is. First, the Did first book it? came out June 26, 1997, <laughs> so I'm totally wrong. Okay. Well, at least you know now. <laughs> yeah. Well, for me, it blew my mind because I always thought it was kind of like younger kids were, you know, the kids that were reading it when they were actually the same age as Harry Potter, but I was like, no, no, he's, he's like two years mm-hmm. younger than I am. I was 11 when the first book came out. So I was the same age as Harry, uh, but it's in a time frame that's earlier. So it's like taking place earlier, but we're the same age, but I'm like reading it. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Cause I think it came out at a time where like everyone was around the same age for like the, the, that group of people they were trying to aim the books at were 11 
already. Like this is when they would have been getting their letter, but Harry is actually like much older than we are. If you take it based on like uh, what time he's actually like going through his storyline. So I was going to, I was going to object and say, well, I'm not much older than you, but no, no, I am. (laughs) Cause, cause I'm two years older than Harry Potter. Oh, I'm 32. So. Okay, um, well, we're not that far apart. Yeah, that's no, not too bad. Well, anything else that anybody's felt like they they need to get out of their system for for Harry Potter yeah, that I, you know I think Harry, love or I think Harry Potter is one of those by. things where you can do an entire and many people have podcast series you know on the mm-hmm. book. So I, I feel like probably like we got the things off our chest, which are really recent things about Fantastic Beasts more than the books themselves, but then talked about our favorite things. I love that, you know, they find a troll in the dungeon and Dumbledore tells all the prefects to take their students back to their common rooms and the Slytherins have to go to the dungeon. And Dumbledore doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and just how, just how much yeah, of a dick uh, Dumbledore is to the Slytherin house in general. That's really, well, I mean, like he's straight up, not only that, but then like at the end, he's like giving out more house points. Cause he's like, F the Slytherins, like the Gryffindors yeah. are going to win. And I was like, arbitrary, gave- arbitrary amounts of points. Oh, what are we now? What are we now? Oh, you're close. Oh boy. What else can I come up with? Uh, Neville did a thing. Uh, so we'll do that. And, uh, <laughs> how many points do you need to win? Okay. We'll do, we'll do exactly that number of points. Just, what is it? He he gave sixty points for Harry for pure love. I was like, come on. I was like, Neville <laughs> stood up. Like Neville deserved more than ten points for his standing up to his friends. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Poor Neville. I, if Dumbledore was ever on The Price Is Right, he would bid one dollar every time. Yes, he's, or he's totally the guy that, that guy. bids what the other person does plus one dollar. Yes. That's yes. Dumbledore. I think I think he'd be more the guy who bid who bid the exact same amount as the other person plus a dollar. Yes. Like every time. Yeah. And he'd always lose. Like he'd never win. Like he'd always lose. He'd just be up there the entire game. Like the entire episode. That would be Yeah. Him. God, Dumbledore. I I will say though that there is one thing that bugged me a little bit about the movies to like book to movie transition. Like it will always kind of bother me that they never explained in the movies where the Marauders map came from. Yes. I had issues with the third movie. Like I know a lot of people don't like the second movie. I, my, my struggles with the third. I, I like the third one mostly because I love the sound that they put with the wand when they do magic. (laughs) Just really dumb, <laughs> but it's like one of my favorite things that they put because it's just like so small and it's just a sound effect, but it gives you that like, oh, ooh, they're doing magic. Now, one thing we didn't cover, which we probably should because people will ask, what? is do you guys know what your Patronuses are? Uh, mine is a white swan. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mine's, I don't like mine. Mine's a, a cat, like a Niblung cat or something. And I am not only incredibly allergic to cats, but also not a fan in general. <laughs> Same. Because I got a cat, too, and I'm like, nope, that's not my Patronus. I think favorite. there's a ah. bunch of different types of cats that people can get as a Patronus. I want a cat. Yeah, I don't even remember what kind of cat it is. but And I don't I don't dislike cats, but I am allergic, and I'm like, this does not represent me at all. Mine's a possum. 
what? just your headcanon, what you have chosen for yourself? What I have chosen for myself is a possible. <laughs> Why? Because I haven't told you this story. I grew up when I was in fifth grade. Um, we found, um, I'm giving you the really abridged version. Um, we found a bunch of baby possums in our wall. Okay. And so we rescued them. And when my dad called the California Possum Society to say, what do we do with these possums? They're like, oh, you can, you know, just release them into the Angeles Crest Mountains. You're good. And uh, they said, but if you have kids, you know, you can keep a couple. They make great pets. What? So for a couple of years when I was in junior high, we had uh, pet possums and they were, uh, they didn't live, the two of the three that we kept didn't live long, but I think the, the male that we had lived for like five that years. That's so cool. We big, yeah. We had a big walk-in cage for him. And, uh, and like the only time he was ever aggressive was when you just first woke him up because you'd startle him. And so he'd go, but then after that, he'd like, cuddle with you and like they are they're really fun animals people just don't understand that is so cool um, i want a pet possum what the heck yeah they're i mean they're hard to take care of and they're they're like my mom had to give them baths because they get fleas really easily but uh but yeah i i, I think i think they're a very unique animal and they're and they're nature's actors so my theater background i feel connection <laughs> i like it <laughs> did you headcanon away your um your patronus rob do you have like an animal that you think would better represent well you? i'm trying to think back when i was doing the the role-playing forum i wasn't you know the the character that i'd come up with for that was essentially trying to picture myself as an 11 year old and i think when that character finally had a patronus i think i just went through the fantastic beast book and just picked which one I thought was the most interesting. And I think I picked the augury, which is the also known as the Irish Phoenix. And it's, um, I think just like a big black bird or something like that. And when it cries, people think it means that somebody's about to die or something like that, which isn't true. Or there's, I don't know. I don't That's remember the cool. details offhand, but I just, I like that idea. Um, honestly, it would probably be an old dog that sleeps a lot. <laughs> but like, but likes I've but likes like to a, be on the couch. Yeah, the the old dog that'll snuggle up next to you on the couch and just kind of flop there. And I'm I'm seeing Basset Hound. <laughs> bigger, I would think bigger than a Basset Hound. Yeah, but something like like Fang. Yeah, oh my God. Fang's supposed to be a mastiff, I think. Yeah, Boarhound. So. Oh, Boarhound. Oh, yeah. Boarhound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Any other last little details, bits, or or things we should throw in? Nope. I want to I want to plug my costuming stuff, but I'll, I'll wait for that uh, for the ending there. Well, that's that's we are we are at shoutouts then. So go ahead. Okay. Well, my well, I had different shoutouts. I have to scroll down because I know I wrote them on the thing. Um, oh, I had Twitter peeps as shoutouts. <laughs> Just the the general people that are out there that'll still watch. You know, when I do these random Twitter, like I'll get like three people will watch my Twitter videos um, that I'll do randomly with no warning. And uh, it's just it's it was me still wanting like I didn't have the free time to do a full on podcast, but I still like mm-hmm. putting something out there and still connecting with the community. So I kind of like everybody in the community that I still get to talk to. And um, 
everybody on the network that still sort of lets me maintain a podcaster status, even though I don't uh, currently put out anything that's considered officially a part of the, the network. Awesome. But plug your, plug your, your my thing. Okay. So, um, the broader one, the one that I'm on the board for is a group in Minnesota in the twin cities area here called customers for a cause. And so that's, I think Minnesota Customers for a Cause or something on Facebook, otherwise customersforacause.org. Uh, it is a, a 501c3 nonprofit in the Twin Cities area, and we do costume giveaways for kids, and then we appear in parades and uh, charity events. And um, the group that I am a part of, that's the partner organization, is the Marauders MN. So that's Facebook. If you, It's just Marauders MN, as in Minnesota. And uh, I have done, for that group, uh, lots of cosplay. I've done um, uh, Mad-Eye Moody is my main one. I've been Harry Potter, Voldemort, Mundungus, Fletcher, and Dumbledore at various times for that group. So just as far as pictures, as far as seeing fun photos of of people who do... I mean, some of the people in that group are insane, like the amount of accuracy they go for. Um, the two people that head up our group who are, are Bellatrix Lestrange and our Sirius Black, um, and also Young Sexy Dumbledore. He's also young, sexy. Dumb. Young, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you did that for the last movie premiere, but their their ability to make costumes and really embody those characters is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so you can find that on Facebook at Marauders MN, and um, yeah, because that's that's how I still continue all my Harry Potter fandom. So I have a, a giant Rubbermaid tub full of Harry Potter props, and some are the official props, some are knockoffs. I have a ton of different wands, and just going to cons or doing. You know, we did Minnesota Autism Society, or we do children's hospital events, um, Special Olympics, uh, and it's fun. It's like being Santa Claus. I love charity cosplay stuff, because it's like when you see kids at a mall who get to see Santa Claus and go nuts. It's like that, but year-round, and for people that, in this case, love Harry Potter. That's really That's cool. awesome. Your Newt's Commander is pretty pretty good. Um, as is the, there's a, a pretty decent Snape in, in your group too. Yes. Who's actually British, which makes it more fun. Oh my oh, God. Oh, how fun. <laughs> so he actually has the accent. Yeah. Cause look at the pictures now and, and these are really neat. That's really cool. Those are really, really neat. All right. Uh, any shout outs for you, Katie? Um, I guess just check out our podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that's the biggest thing with it. I mean, Chelsea and I do it together, so it's the best way for she and I to keep in touch since we do not live in the same country anymore. And it's you can check out our website, which is teatimewithkc.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter using teatimewithkc, uh, our Instagram. We're both pretty active on there. Um, talk to us on Slack. You can follow me, just me, on Twitter if you want, which is Lady Catherine P. And I'm also that on all of the other social medias. And I talk about lots of stuff, including Korean pop music and dramas and very well-rounded. The anonymous <laughs> kangaroo is, is editing my, my show notes and I will read them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I will then forget to change them when I cut and paste this into next week's show notes. <laughs> I'll I be just, like, what happened? Sorry, I, I was listening. It. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not quite sure what uh, what I'm doing next. I have to find another um, another co-host 
compilation of people because I, I think I'm going to be rayless for another couple of weeks, but, um, but we'll figure it out. Cause we'll, we've got, we got lots of stuff out there to geek out about. All the music in this episode is by Ben sound is being used under creative commons license with a plomb. Uh, you can find more dope music by Ben sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast, geek fitness and tea time with Katie and Chelsea. Uh, and make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash R forward slash geek to geek cast. We also have two Twitch streamers who have recently joined us, Troitle Power and Capsule J. And um, I will have their information on our um, show notes. So go check that out. Uh, you can f- currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Rob, where can we find you? Uh, you can currently find me on uh, Twitter, I guess. is probably the best place. I am wherever the geek to geek uh, network can be found. I'm on Slack and I'm on Discord and I chat with everybody there. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Noby. That is K-N-O-W-B-Y. And you kind of already gave us your credentials, Katie, but um, any other place they should be looking for you? Um, I mean, I'm f- pretty active on Twitter and Instagram, so you can find me on both of those. Both are public right now. I mean that watching that TV show you makes me not want to have public <laughs> social media, but uh, yeah, I mean you can come talk to me anytime on Twitter. What is it? We have a couple of people that will uh, live tweet our episodes where they listen to the podcast, which is like super cool. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I. Anonymous oh, kangaroo is just adding all kinds of things to your show. <laughs> Constant vigilance. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining me. I can't believe that I've made it 136 episodes, and now we're on 137, and we hadn't talked about Harry Potter yet. So I, I had to remedy that. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for this week. And until next time, remember, keep it geek. Constant vigilance. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack Podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. 
Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out.